Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King to talk about the game of the century or, you know, whatever, the number two versus number three. So is that really the game of the century? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but Ben, how you doing? Um, I'm good, AJ. Uh, definitely not the game of the century, but it it did live up to some of the hype. So I'll yeah, give it that. For it was sure. a good game. I mean, when both teams are racking up, what, close to 1,000 yards combined, and they're just points flying here and there and everywhere, everybody gets a point. You get a point. Let let me rephrase what I said. Okay. It was a good game for the Big 12. (laughs) In what way? There was no defense. (laughs) So are you saying Bama and LSU should be relegated to the Big 12 or Big 10 or whatever they are? Uh. You know what? They look like two Big Twelve teams. <laughs> I mean, LSU they played did. they played uh, Texas earlier this year, and they had a same a, a very similar game. It was like a shootout there. Yeah, it was. Look, LSU owned the game for the most way, so it wasn't as much of a shootout. But yeah, when it came to the fourth quarter, it definitely was very reminiscent of LSU versus Texas. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this this game was. Interesting because I I think of both LSU and Bama being very just very sound on especially on the secondary and both of their teams just allowed so many points and air uh, points and yards through the air and that that just was very uncharacteristic especially for like Nick Saban who's in charge of the secondary in charge of the DBs and yet he allows forty six points and a lot of those came through or at least led to points that that came from lots of passes and it is it was amazing how uncharacteristic it seemed like for Bama this whole game was I mean the only characteristic thing was them missing a point after attempt but (laughs) (laughs) that's true hey you know what not every team in the SEC can have a championship style defense like the Auburn Tigers so yeah I guess we got to cut them some slack somewhere. <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just weird. Like, even the first drive to a fumbling, you know, it's just like whatever the phantom fumble thing he's running, he's, he might have scored. And I guess he doesn't know how to tuck the ball again. I don't know. He hasn't done that in a few weeks. <laughs> well, uh, it had been 20 days since he had played a game or even yeah. practiced. Yeah. So we'll give him that. Maybe maybe tucking is like a second thing to him and you I don't know, know. just – Forgot how to do it. Yeah. Um, something else that was interesting, and I mean, it just makes sense for Bama special teams to kind of be really special, was Bama's punter fumbling the ball. And, man, that was just bad. Like, really bad. It was uh, bad. Because, like, that that gave LSU a really short field. And, like, man, that 
turned into points and you're just thinking oh my gosh like this this could be a really interesting game because at that point LSU's up by 10 points like really quick in the game and you're thinking wow Bama like while they had a chance in their first drive kind of isn't doing what I expected them to um I mean how did you kind of see this game going like the ebbs and flows of this game and how this game kind of played out yeah LSU going up by 10 in the first quarter was pretty wild and then Alabama you know that was what the largest lead that they had had against them in I don't know two seasons or something like that yeah like the this is the first time they've lost at home since Ole Miss in 2015 Mm -hmm. and then all of last year I don't think they trailed a team and then all of this year I think it's the same thing except for maybe a minute or so for like I I feel like they trailed against Tennessee by yeah, like three like points that. or something like that. Yeah, but then you know they laid down the, the wood. wood. Yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> Turned on the Jets and came to play. And look, Alabama didn't go away, and that's what made this you know a pretty good game, especially at, like down twenty points at the half. Yeah, but it definitely wasn't a dominating effort from that team like it has been for most regular season games. Yeah, and. Let's talk about like right before half because I think that was a pretty crucial point in the game where you know at this point you're coming almost up to half you got a few minutes left and Bama has like a like they have a turnover on downs and then LSU gets the ball back but they punt it and then all of a sudden wow Bama scores a touchdown and it's back within you know 3 points and then from that point on it swung from Alabama who had a great punt return just a little bit before to wow LSU just scored two touchdowns went up by 20 points right before half it was crazy how quick everything went from one side to the other and how how much I was just thinking at halftime wow I think this game's over I think Alabama is just lost um they still hung in there I mean to their credit they did not give up and they came out swinging especially in the third quarter um, I felt like they either it was LSU kind of like slowing the pace down, just not not wanting to like lose the game, uh, so they didn't do anything super crazy. But that allowed Alabama to kind of like inch back their way into this game. For sure, I mean, it, especially looking at the halftime score, it looked like a dominating effort from LSU. Yeah. And was it really? I don't know. I mean, they they got lucky, I guess that. It's not very often that Tua throws an interception, then you get to take it back for a touchdown. Yeah, right or he scoring. fumbles it. Yeah, or their true. Punter fumbles. I mean, like a lot of stuff happened that first half. A lot of turnovers. A lot of weird, weird turnovers from Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, um, but I mean that's just the way football goes. You have the weird, weird games, and you hope it's not in a close game that it happens. I mean, yeah. you could probably say the same thing for how Auburn played against Ole Miss like last week, or you know, right before the bye week. It. It was weird things that would happen. And we had a fumble on the goal line that that made us stall out and just get a field goal. Like weird things like that. That and then also Anders Carlson missing three field goals again, uncharacteristic things. But I'm glad to get those out in a game that we still won, so that you know later down the road, you know you get them out of the system, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. Yeah, and that's what bye weeks are for. Yeah, all that's in the past. Yeah, I mean they have two weeks to kind of get that out of their system, you know, reset. Let's get back to what we do and 
you know, plan for Georgia, plan for the games coming up, um, and just get ready for for the gauntlet that's about to happen. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I thought was really interesting is, is that punt return, and I kind of want to talk about this because I think this impacts the way Auburn is going to play, and I hope they play Bama because Waddle is incredible. He's I don't, I don't I think he's if not the best punt returner, he's got to be one of the top because that guy just knows how to find seams and get upfield and get touchdowns. Uh, it's amazing. Um, and that, that is something Auburn has to shut down. If yeah. We that's, that's this could definitely be a something, game. <laughs> definitely something that could be bad, but that was also kind of a weird punt as well. Yeah. It just was because he probably should have called a fair catch and then face mask and then gets thrown to the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. It, it was just kind of weird in general, but you're right. You know, when when it comes to us and our special teams against Alabama special teams, especially when it comes to punts, uh, don't punt it to that guy. No, punt it to the opposite side. I mean, for goodness sakes, like I, I'd rather it be like a 35 or 40 yard punt and it not be like spectacular, but it's got so much hang time that Waddle has to fair catch it because our guy's right in his face. That would be a success to me. Uh, I'd just rather that than, you know, have him boom it 50 yards and then have Waddle have a chance to return it because, <laughs> I mean, Auburn's already got enough issues with punt returns and kickoff returns this season. That's uh, for sure. I don't want that to continue. I'll try Especially against a good, good Bama team. Kick it out of bounds, buddy. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, that should be our strategy. Either punt it really high or punt it out of bounds. Like, those are your two options. Um and I hope I hope he does something similar to that. Um, so Alabama, even they they couldn't complete slant routes, and that was kind of interesting. That was another one of those uncharacteristic things. But again, I think that was because LSU was was ready for those. Uh, and at points, like they, they kind of like said, "Hey, you're not doing any slants on us." And Bama didn't really have any like big, you know, what they're typically known for this season. You know, a slant route goes for 70 yards down the field. That didn't happen uh, this game. But what did happen, when was it? Was it like right before half when the guy – or no, at the end of the game, sorry, uh, when the guy was playing like press coverage. Yep. And probably thinking, ah, we got to like stop the slant. Like they're just going to throw it under us. And he lets the guy pass him. I mean, that's, that's unacceptable. Look, in that situation, you got to play prevent. But for most of the game, I guarantee Kevin Steele is watching – the way that LSU played Alabama, mm-hmm. and we'll do something very similar. You know, when we played LSU, we kept everything in front of us, and that's really what LSU should have been doing with Alabama towards the end of the game. Yeah. But when they were playing, you know, in the regular minutes and trying to take away those slants, it was bump the wide receiver from the get-go and then stay on him yeah. tight. And they did very such tight. a good job at that. We've got to be able to do that as well when – Alabama comes to Jordan Hare later on this year. Yeah, and I mean, Bama has what like at least four really good receivers, and all They're four insane. of them are gonna be so capable of just busting the huge play. Yeah, I think we'll have a very similar defensive uh, look to what we played against LSU, but more yeah. bump coverage as well. Yeah, but we still like the one thing that I hope Auburn does is. We like shade over a safety to where you know there could be a potential for the long pass because 
I mean, besides a couple long passes, it seemed like for Bama, they kind of they they didn't have like the huge explosive plays besides a couple, um, and those were just you know blown coverages from the LSU guy that should have just you know stayed back you know an extra few yards. So, um, yeah, that's it's kind of interesting, and and I hope Kevin's like you said, I hope he looks at some of that and says, all right, they were able to stop Bama's slants. This is how they did it. You know, play them really tight on the line. And that, that's got to be how we stop that. Yep. Um, but, man, let's talk about Kevin Steele. Because I, I, to relate this back to Auburn, Kevin Steele makes me feel so good about how well Auburn played LSU. Like, we, we held LSU to 23 points. Bama with Saban. Saban, you know, the defensive-minded guy that he is, still allowed 46 points. Literally double, literally double the amount of points that Auburn did um, to LSU. So I think that should just make you feel so much better about how how well Kevin still game plans for these kinds of games. Nah, for sure. I mean, look, even the deficit between the losses, we outplayed the way Alabama played LSU. Yeah. And that just shows, one, the strength of our defense, and two, the possibility we have to really shove it in Alabama's face not only now, but also when it comes time for the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Like, we should be able to play Alabama similarly to the way that we did LSU. And now that Alabama really doesn't have that much to play for, it really evens the ground. And I'm expecting us to definitely show up much like we did with LSU, but at home. And it should be a good game. Yeah, for sure. You're right. I mean, the Kevin Steele defense, especially with these guys that we have on the team right now, as we finish out Amen Corner, like mm-hmm. enjoy those guys because yeah. he has done such a good job, and you know both Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson on the line, and all the DBs that have just been playing lights out this year. It's uh, it's a special defense for sure. Yeah, and and I mean it's a as much as I I kind of don't want to say it. It's this is the kind of defense like I remembered growing up with where I, I was thinking, man, these, these guys are so good. I mean, and I'm starting to think this 2019 Auburn defense could be one of the best defenses Auburn's ever had. Um, just the way they're able to stop teams is amazing. Yeah, I don't think anyone would disagree. Um, let's talk about some of the Bama fans, because I, I think some of them <laughs> like started freaking out and thinking, wow, uh, what what's going on because they had seen the the story kind of play out you know national championship last season and now they see it again with LSU and their their team just doesn't seem to be there they don't seem to be 100% there ready to go firing on all cylinders like they need to and uh, I wanted to like pull out a tweet just I think uh, this kind of like encompasses a lot of what I saw out of Bama fans um and this is just one that I saw that kind of like uh, caught my attention. And this is what he said. This is not Auburn. F- <laughs> Sorry. This is not Alabama football. Uh, Nick Saban has lost control of the program and needs to be gone ASAP. Bring in Dabo and fire Saban. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you need to go that far. Like, honestly, it just seems like a little ridiculous because really you, you did lose, but you know, it's a pretty decent loss. I mean, it, now LSU probably is going to be number one, um, if not 
this week, then I'd probably imagine in the next few weeks, like if they continue doing what they're doing, I mean, I'd I'd put them at number one. This is our first regular season loss since we lost to Auburn in 2017, and now I want to fire my head coach. (laughs) Yes. Like, it's just, uh, I mean, you think some Auburn fans can get a little crazy about, like, firing people, but holy crap, like, give Saban a break. (laughs) Like, I mean, as much as I want him gone just because of the dynasty and domination he has over at Bama. I, I, I think, man, like that's a little ridiculous to have a guy like Saban because they are legitimately still in the playoffs. Um, if they went out the rest of the season yeah, they or won't. they lose to Auburn and then <laughs> they have two losses. <laughs> yep. Two loss Alabama team won't make it in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, and I think this kind of like ties into it. I mean, Saban, not even close to being on the hot seat in all reality, but there's some other coaches that definitely are. And uh, one of those, you probably heard about Chad Morris uh, from Arkansas. Uh, he got canned uh, on Sunday. Uh, he was actually, what, number two on the list uh, that we're, we're going off of. And if you want to go to this, it's been found this website. Um, it's called coacheshotseat.com. So coacheshotseat.com. It is fantastic. It is so 1990s. <laughs> Just the layout of it. Uh Really, really bad, but great content. Yeah, the the fonts probably New Times Roman or something. Terrible. <laughs> um, even the if you go to the website, the there's a wooden seat that is on fire because you know coach's hot seat. It's just perfect. I mean, like it is so amazing how bad this website is, but amazing at the same time. Um, but anyways, uh, what do you like talk about like the hot seat? I mean, at this point, like Gus just. He's at what number sixty one? Is that right? Yep. On the hot seat list. Cool. Yeah. I mean, to them, he says they're he's safe for now, and yep. he kind of fits in that role. Well, I mean, look, we have the potential still to go ten and two. Looking at you know pre preseason, maybe not our preseason uh, podcast, but maybe in the off season, I was saying ten and two is my expectation for this year. Yeah. Still still very possible. And look, we're entering the Amen Corner. These are some of the most important games of the year. And we have a very dominant defense and a solid offense that plays way different at home. Yeah. And I feel really good about him coming off a bye week going into these games. So I think, you know, Gus being at 61, he shouldn't have, you know, much worry as far as his hot seat goes. He's coached a fairly good you know, season so far, and we've only lost games on the road to teams that are still very highly ranked. Yeah. And then once one thing I just wanted to bounce back because I'm going to forget if I don't, but back to Chad Morris real quick, and then we'll bounce back to how Auburn fits into this. But Chad Morris, um, he, he's, he got fired. And because of that, now between what they have to pay still to Burt Belima, uh, but also to Chad Morris, $22 million. And, and you, know, you already start hearing probably, I mean, I've seen at least a couple people talk about it, is, hey, Gus should go to Arkansas. He should take that job. And I'm thinking, I don't think so. Because at that point, I mean, they I'm pretty sure they've got to pay his buyout, Gus's buyout. And what is that, probably $30 million or something at this point? <laughs> and <laughs> then on top of like... High. 
22 million on top of that. So you're looking at like 52 million at least. So like, wow, uh, to get a new head coach that, and wow, that, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like, I just don't see it. That's a lot of semesters of tuition, buddy. There's a lot. Holy crap. Um, any others on this, uh, coaches, hot seat.com, uh, that kind of stand out to you, um, and kind of maybe relate to like the sec. I mean, there's a lot, right? Yeah. So look, uh, number five, Joe Moorhead at Mississippi state, not, not a great team right there. Yep. Uh, Missouri Vandy, potentially South Carolina. Now that they lost, uh, Appalachian state. I know. I mean, Muschamp's at number 14 on this list. <laughs> Look, if this had been week one or two, I would have put Jeremy Pruitt's name number one. <laughs> and he's yep. all the way back at, like, what, 17 now? Yeah, 16, yeah. I mean, he's he's moving his way down. So the, the amount of SEC coaches that are probably going to be gone this year is just ridiculous. Yeah. So and that that would... Uh, again, let's let's wrap this around because we're an Auburn podcast. But like, how that relates to Auburn? I mean, if we did decide to part ways with Gus Malzahn, this is not I mean, the year to do it. It's probably not. <laughs> there's just a lot going on, and I just there's not. I mean, like every time I come back to it, like I don't I don't see any of these coaches coming to Auburn and having success, um, like we've seen with Gus Malzahn, and maybe I'm. A broken record at this point, but that's just the way I see it. You know, with that on the opposite end, yeah. I didn't think Coach O would be successful at LSU. Yeah, yeah. And they're paying him what three and a half million, three point seven five yeah. million a year, and he's gone and just hired some fantastic coordinators. Yeah, I mean, look at the change to their offense this year. So I don't know necessarily how much the head coach, you know impacts your overall play if you can hire some really good coordinators and recruit well Mm -hmm. because i mean lsu has showed that at the same time gus malzahn has had a really good run and i think this season especially with you know the returning offensive line that wasn't great last year and still is not very good and a brand new freshman quarterback yeah gus is still coached as well yeah i mean the plays have been there and i think closing out the season everyone's gonna forget the lsu and uh florida loss because we're gonna close it out strong yeah and that's that's honestly the hope um because honestly it seems like auburn plays best kind of like under the radar which i feel like we're very yep, much under the radar off. but we're also got we have the potential especially our defense definitely a top 10 defense but have enough offense to just you know stay in the game and I, I think we can do that because i mean everybody knows gus definitely saves a few pages of his playbook just for georgia and bam at the end of the season that's right so you gotta you gotta feel good about that um let's talk about the playoffs and like how they kind of relate to auburn um and how uh just it's kind of like shifting out to be um ben how do how do you feel about uh, at this point ohio state being number one because i thought that was kind of like a slight in a way definitely to Bama and LSU just like haha Ohio State's in there and this isn't the game of the century but yeah well besides that like how how do you see the the playoff committee and how they've kind of like done so far at least the first week uh the first week they made a lot of blunders right uh Ohio State being number one Penn State being number four 
<laughs> I think definitely Ohio State takes a back seat to LSU after this game. Yeah. Uh, Penn State probably drops out of the top 10. Minnesota was number 17, and they're the ones who beat Penn State. Nuts. They're Good still undefeated. And yeah. they don't have much more that they have to play. They play Iowa, Northwestern, and Wisconsin to finish out the season. So you're looking at a potential Ohio State-Minnesota showdown in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And they had them way up at 17. So I I think there's definitely going to be a lot of movement within this first week. I don't understand why they play some teams in some locations. Uh, I don't think Alabama will drop too much after a loss to LSU yeah, being I don't think the so fact either. that they played so tight. Yeah, I mean, not as tight as Auburn played LSU. Granted. Yeah, it, and like I'm relating this to when Auburn lost to LSU, we only you know, dropped a few positions, maybe two or three. Yep. In the AP poll. Now, regardless, this is a new, this isn't, you know, AP poll. It's the playoff committee, 13 people kind of voting on that. But still, it, it's kind of like, it's showing, I mean, that was a good, I mean, like decent loss, even though for the most part, LSU owned that game. Um, what what do you think about like how Clemson kind of fills in here? Because right now they're, they're sitting at number five for the first week of the playoff committee. And uh, I mean, I, I'm, I just think they, they've got a straight shot right to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Two teams in front of them dropped. So they should be, you know, number three or number four, depending on where, Everything gets sloshed around. But Clemson themselves, had they lost to North Carolina and had they not been able to hold off that two-point conversion or had it gone to overtime and they had lost, not a team from the ACC would be making it into the playoff this year. Yeah, you're probably right. only there because they're undefeated and because they're defending national champions. Yeah. Now, Um, can they still win every game this year? Probably. I mean, Dabo's yeah. shown that he coaches well, especially for big games. Uh, they just kind of overlooked North Carolina. But Clemson, I think you're right, definitely makes it in. Uh, Ohio State, Minnesota, that will be a defining game right there. Uh, Oregon, Utah, I think will be defining. Mm-hmm. And then depending on you know what happens this weekend with Baylor and Oklahoma, Baylor's still undefeated. Yeah. Baylor could shake things up. 9 or no. Look at him go. Yeah, but... I'd say, you know, Oklahoma beats Baylor. The Big 12 still has a chance, but it's a long shot when it comes to the rest of the teams. It's it's going to be an interesting playoff and in the I don't I don't want to be part of that committee because man, man, they have a tough job this year. Yeah, I mean, already thinking this this like very first week, it seems like, you know, there's probably a couple. I mean, like I'd say for sure Ohio State, LSU and Bama, like those those deserved at that at least at that point to be out there but i mean the four through like seven is probably like the very question mark like i i would i would have a hard time like adjusting those and kind of filling in who's that fourth spot and man it it could potentially just get messier and i mean from an all perspective we've got bama and georgia and we could really honestly not both of them out of the playoffs because if georgia kind of you're sitting at number six you know, honestly, if they just went out the rest of the season, they could sneak in there. Um, and then Bama's the same way. I feel like they're probably going to be able to, like, just kind of get their way in, even with one loss. Um, so, I mean, if Auburn gives both teams the their second loss, this could be, I don't know, just like a fun way to end this season um, if we're able to go 10-2 and two with this season. Because, I mean, that, that would be – 
it wouldn't be everything I hoped it would be because I honestly, you know, we always have that hope of going to the playoffs. Um, and really at this point we don't have that, but that that's, that could be a really cool way to finish out the season. Hey, we knocked out Bama and we knocked out Georgia. That would just make me feel really good about how the season kind of played out. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you look at LSU and the rest of their season, they play Mississippi, Arkansas, and Texas A&M. <laughs> so, yep. Unless Texas A&M just somehow figures it out, not, LSU's not, not losing the game. <laughs> LSU's going undefeated. <laughs> you look at Georgia, though, you know, this coming week, and everyone listened to our preview show on Thursday. You know, Georgia playing Auburn in Jordan-Hare, I'm picking the upset, and uh, I'll give you guys a little bit of a preview there. Surprise. Yeah. But then you look at the next week, Georgia plays Texas A&M as their last SEC game. So, you know, Texas A&M has a couple opportunities here to also play spoiler and say that we beat Georgia and Texas A&M beats Georgia. Florida, who has to play Missouri, who's terrible, Mm -hmm. and Florida State is now in the driver's seat in the East. And our two losses could be the teams that are playing in the SEC championship game. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of things can can fall into place that if we have the two teams playing for the championship as our only losses, Mm -hmm. that still looks really good. Absolutely. I'm not saying we're making the playoff because a lot of chaos would have to happen. A ton. But there's still a chance, man. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance. I mean, according to like ESPN and how they do their predictions of, you know, how how probable is Auburn going to win – uh, the rest of their season, it's at like eight and a half percent, which is, you know, about right. I mean, you're about to play Georgia and Bama who are, you know, top 10 teams. Uh, and man, it, it's going to be tough, but there's a pretty decent chance that we can do that. Definitely. Um, and even if we do, I mean, like I, I give us, even if we went out maybe like a five, 10% chance of actually making the playoffs more than likely, we're going to be a team that kind of, fits in that like five six seven role uh and you know what i'd be okay with that like i think i'll be okay with it it may be kind of infuriating just knowing we're right outside the playoffs we're like looking through the glass and seeing what's happening but not actually able to do it that that would be a little frustrating but at the same time how much this team is carrying over to the next season is a little bit kind of like all right we can do this. Like we can do this again. Um, kind of helps me uh, process that. No, for sure. And look, we can still be state champions. And I think that means a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm totally game for being champions of the state. Yeah. And you know, but you Ben and Ben and I, both of us are now living in Georgia and just beating Georgia would feel so great on top of, you know, I lived in Alabama for most of my life. That, Every single year, every single year that we won, just kind of like, yeah, that like, all right, we got a little bit more swagger because we beat Bama. <laughs> so uh, I think that's kind of kind of nice. Uh, ben, any other final thoughts before we go? Man, uh, I can't wait to be back in Auburn this weekend, having Georgia on the plains, having our awesome tailgate. Yeah. Everyone listen on Thursday, find out where the tailgate is. Uh, come, come see us. Should be a good yeah. time. Um, yeah, and I think this this is going to be a fun couple last weeks of the schedule. I mean, we're we got three games left um, in the regular season. This 
this will be fun. It all goes through Jordan Hare right now, and we can really cause some some good fun for for Auburn fans, but also some chaos for other teams. Um, ben, before you go, do you want to give them your social media so they can stay in contact with you? You guys can find me anywhere on social media at b e n k one n g, and on game days on Twitter at Captain Plainsman. And you can find me on Twitter as well at a j y j a y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to e2cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?